High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. All right, it's uh, High Noon, and uh, as we draw to a close, we draw to a close in the company of Bill Hughes, who comes here uh, with an essential song from the history of music. And uh, am I going to like it? I, I doubt it. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest this way. And it's really funny. I was at the theatre last night. Uh, I was in the Gate Theatre last night to see uh, Jack Brell. And the front of house manager, as I was leaving the theatre, there's no word of a lie, he said to me, Bill, when are you going to give George a heart attack and play Paranoid on the Essential Songs? And I said, <laughs> funnily enough, tomorrow. I said, if you be listening, I'm going to be playing Paranoid tomorrow. Today, here we are, because last Saturday night, after an almost 50 year career, Black Sabbath played their last live concert in Birmingham, back where it all started. Am I supposed to sort of say, ooh, ah, or something? No, no, no that's OK. For The listeners are saying that because we Black know. Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, what? A hundred and... 20 million albums later, you know, between Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne. Ah, but you start throwing out all these But those numbers. are facts. Those are facts. That's how many people have bought their albums. You know, 13 Black Sabbath albums and 11 Ozzy Osbourne albums. And that's a the lot same of musical Ozzy Osbourne was the lead singer of Black Sabbath oh, and see. then he went solo. So Black Sabbath uh, formed in Birmingham in 19 and 68. Oh, so these old guys are all old. They're older guys, yeah. Yeah, OK. So I just said that they were almost 50 years together. They're yeah. one year short of 50 years together. And Paranoid was their biggest hit single ever and it was from their second album. And it was released in 1970. So we're going back 47 years. I was listening to music in 1970 and I don't remember listening to Black Sabbath. You might remember this song because it was the first heavy metal song to oh, cross over. were these these guys who used to have rings in their noses and everything. And they didn't have rings say, in their noses and but they had very long hair. And criticised the royal family and all that no, sort of No, that's the, the Sex Pistols. Oh, the Sex Pistols. That's the Pistols. Sex Pistols. Okay. So, no, the, and the, the, these, these were seven minutes be, or seven years before the, the, the Sex Pistols. Okay. But Paranoid, it was written um, they, they, they got two days in studio. Uh, to to do an album, that's that's what they did, and they realised, oh my god, that means we've really only got one day to record the album and the other day to mix the album, so we better record the album as live. And as they were recording it, they realised that they needed a three minute filler song for the album uh, because all the other songs were just too long, and they needed a filler to bring the time of the album upright. So. Tony Ioni, the lead guitarist, he came up with the riff and then the lyricist wrote the song, wrote the, the words and Ozzy was, they were handing them to them to him and he was reading them as he was singing them and they laid down the single and the single was released and became a worldwide sensation and it was all done in 20 minutes, top to bottom and it just uh, is infectious. There it's been used in movies like Sid and Nancy, funnily enough. 
uh, dazed and confused, any given Sunday, almost famous. The angry. Well, well, person. any given Sunday, you're finally getting something that I know about. Yeah, wasn't that about football? It was something? American football. Yes. Yeah, right, okay. And so it was using that soundtrack. I'm getting stuff in my ear. Do I not know Sid and Nancy? Sid and Nancy. From you know, I know Sid Ronald Vicious. and 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 Nancy. No, Sid Vicious was from the Sex Pistols, and Nancy Spongin, his girlfriend, and they were a notorious couple who died very tragically, and a movie was made. About about them called Sid and Nancy. Oh. Okay, so they used this music in... Thank you for telling him in his ear, whoever that was. But, um, so, we... Listen, Michael uh, Quilligan, Michael yeah. Quilligan, if Michael, Michael Quilligan should do this lot every week because his knowledge of music is so incredibly encyclopedic, you'd be reduced to rookie status in about a fortnight. Oh, ground, okay. Well, that's that's fine then. No, you're cheaper than he is. So oh, am I? Oh, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this eats into my busy day, you know. Uh, but anyway, Ozzy placed an ad in his local music shop and it just said, Ozzy Zig needs gig, has own PA. And that's how he met Tommy, I, I, uh, Tony Iommi, uh, who was the main guitarist and, and uh, songwriter, uh, the main lyricist, Geezer Butler, who was the bassist, Ozzy Osbourne, the singer, obviously, and the drummer, Bill Ward. And they got together and they were f- performing as they, they, they hadn't decided on their title, but they looked out the window of the room where they were rehearsing and across the street, a Boris Karloff movie was showing called Black Sabbath. Go away. And they took the title from the old Boris Karloff. Look at him, he's going to Google. I can see him reaching for his glasses and he's going to Google it to fact check me. Who are you, Kellyanne? Well, so, I mean, I know more about I know more about Boris Karloff than you do, I for a start. He was another monster. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. the band experienced so many lineup changes, they kept falling in and out. Yeah. And uh, Ozzy Osbourne's regular use of alcohol and drugs led to him being dismissed from the band. Stop Googling. I'm talking to you. It's I'm, rude. Oh. And uh, <laughs> Since when did I change from being rude? Try and rude every And then, so, so Ian Gillen, Glenn Hughes, all these top uh, people took over as vocalists when Ozzy was gone. But they reunited with Ozzy in 1997, released a live album called Reunion. And then they brought out their final studio album uh, called Number 13. And last Saturday night, the 4th of February 2017, they played their final ever gig. Where? Uh, in Birmingham, back where it all started. All oh, right. Okay. So uh, the, the the band themselves, like... When they were, they were two days into it, doing the mixing, they, they, they got together so that they, they put Ozzy in a separate booth. Uh, they never had a second run of most of the stuff. Everything was as it, as it appeared and as it ended up on the record. So, Ozzy, let's talk about him. John, Ma- John Michael Ozzy Osbourne. All right. He was born on the 3rd of December 1948. He was uh, born in Aston. Do you know where, like Aston Villa, the Aston, the part of Birmingham? Okay. Not exactly the most salubrious no, part. No, I know, I know Birmingham quite well, yeah. Yeah. So his father, John Thomas uh, I Osborne. know more about Birmingham than I do about Ozzy Anderson or, <laughs> Ozzy or Osborne. Black's, uh, so his father worked night shifts as a tool maker and his mother, she worked part-time in a factory. Ozzy had three sisters, two brothers, and the whole family lived in a two-bedroom house. So he came from very 
poor uh, background. Now, anybody that knows Ozzy would find it funny to know that as a kid, because he's always been a rebel, he's always been the long hair, he's always thrown, given two fingers to the world. But to know that as a kid, he appeared in the Mikado and he appeared in HMS Pinafore. Like, he did all the normal things before. Uh, but then the thing that changed his life, he heard She Loves You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Beatles. And he was only 15. He just left school and that completely turned his head upside down. So when he left school, he worked as a construction site labourer. He was a trainee plumber. He was an apprentice toolmaker. Because he didn't have much of an education. Didn't have any education. And my favourite job that he had, he was a car factory horn tuner. He used to tune the the horns for the cars to make because it. Birmingham and and Coventry was were the centre of the car manufacturing industry in Britain. Yeah, and he was always a bad boy, and tons of Irish work in there. That's it, and I worked my summers over there myself. And he uh, had no money coming in, so he took to burglary. And he wasn't a very good burglar. He robbed a television, but it fell on top of him during his getaway. And he'd also grabbed a bunch of clothes in the dark and discovered that they were kids' clothes and he couldn't sell them down the local pub. So he ended up being sent to Winston Green. It was that or pay a fine. Winston Green Prison, famous prison in Birmingham at the time. And uh, his father said, I'm not paying the fine. You can go to jail. It'll teach you a lesson. And it did. It's a tough lesson. Six weeks in Winston Green Prison in with really hardened criminals. So he came out the other end and uh, luckily he put that ad up and the band were formed and they were signed by Warner Brothers in America who had very, very little uh, faith in them. They signed them because they were different but they didn't expect much. Anyway, for their very modest investment in them, the band started to sell records Huge volumes of records. 120 million. uh, So Warner Brothers got incredibly well reimbursed for the money that they advanced and the fate they had thrown in them. But the biggest fate that was thrown, uh, that was shown to the band was when John Peel, the late, much lamented John Peel. BBC BBC, DJ, yeah. yeah. And he, in 1969, as part of his Grand Tour uh, late night radio show, he played some of their demos on air. And this was about a month before they went into studio to record their debut album. And it got such huge positive reaction. The people just loved it and loved the sound. And so by the time they got to record the album and release it, it immediately charted. It charted in the UK, charted in Canada, charted in America. This was an album that was made for Tuppence Hapney. So that they there was a demand, get into studio, record your second album. So the second album was where this song paranoid comes okay. from. So now, right. Uh, speaking of the Sex Pistols, Johnny Rotten's mother was from Carrigan and Cork and his father was Galway. Bill should be awarded some cultural honour uh, in trying to educate George on the finer points of Black Sabbath's paranoid. George may be mosh pit bound, I fear. Great stuff, Bill. What's mosh pit? A mosh pit is the area up in front of a stage where all the people with the head banging get together and the people playing air guitar and they all get together and so it's a bit like Fraggle Rock. Did you ever see Fraggle Rock, the kids cart the kids sort of um, I missed that too. puppet series that when that you too. see all the puppets shaking their heads, that's effectively a mosh all pit. Right. Yeah. And what's the text of meaning when he says Ward wrote Paranoid? 
Uh, Ward was the, was the drummer. Uh, he wrote the, the, the lyric. Bill Ward? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was you, you were Bill. No, no, no. no. Bill Ward's yeah. old parent. Yeah. So are we going to listen to this? I'd now? like us to. And I think you might recognise it straight away. Because, George, I can guarantee this is going to be on your Spotify playlist as you drive to Cork. Definitely. It's a driving song. Well, if you go to Spotify, George Hook's Essential Songs, you'll find all uh, the songs there. Uh, there are about 1,700 of you have joined the list. Uh, there's... Uh, the the, the uh, Andrews sisters and the bugle, the bugle boy from Company C. Um, I I was actually where was I yesterday? Anyway, I turned on my Spotify and I went. I I zipped past uh, all the sort of oddball stuff that Bill had selected over the years. Mm. I hadn't realised how much stuff he had picked mm. that I didn't like. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I'm delighted. They're screaming for the song. Yeah. Ozzy's dad was a tool maker. Uh, oh, no, I can't read that out. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> let's go with Black Sabbath and Paranoid and Will I Recognize Us. Well, Black Sabbath and Paranoid, I can categorically say I never heard it before. Your pal Ozzy actually played in Ireland 31 years ago today. Very good. And Boris Karloff was in a movie called Black Sabbath made in 1963. Well, that's the film that they saw on the awning. Looking out the window. Yeah, and that's where they got their name from. So the sad thing for me is that latterly Ozzy became famous as part of the Osborne family 
for the Osbournes on MTV, which is the biggest pile of poop I've ever seen on television. Okay. And it was about the family. But he went on to huge financial success by helping other heavy metal bands and creating a thing called the Ozfest, kind of a mini Woodstock for heavy metal bands. Okay. But he became notorious because during the signing of his first solo record uh, deal in CBS Records in 1981 in Los Angeles, he brought a bunch of doves to let them off to signify that he had signed this deal. And in the middle of the meeting, he bit the head off one of the doves in front of everybody. And the blood ran down his face and everybody thought he was mad. And then on stage, he bit the head off a bat, which he said, uh, which the guy who threw the bat on stage said it was dead. And Ozzy said, it couldn't have been. It bit me back. And he had to have rabies shots. So he's kind of a mad character. All right. OK, 